Welcome to Just a Spoonful, the podcast that is young and fully sick and back from the dead for a new season in 2019. In case this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome. It's awesome to have you here. Everyone you hear speaking on this podcast is a young person living with chronic illness and or disability, including me, your host, Caitlin Plyley. Hello. How are you? Jasp is back. That's what I call it, Jasp. Why is it back and why did it go away? Um, I felt like it. <laughs> Life got hard. Um, uh, it's been really hard. And you know what? Uh, I thought that Jasper was finished for good, but then I just needed to have some nourishing chats with fellow disabled people back in my life. I just needed that for me. And I thought, why not record it? So now that I'm back, I've started by going back a deep dive into the hard drive um, because this is really embarrassing, but there are a couple of interviews that I have been sitting on for literally years because I recorded them while I was still doing the podcast and then I just um, couldn't even. Uh, so they've just been sitting in my hard drive, but they're back, they're coming out and I'm, I'm so excited to share them with you. My guest this episode is Robin Lambert, athlete, public speaker, disability consultant, content creator, and in my personal opinion, fashion icon. Robin is from my hometown of Perth, and when they were visiting Melbourne a couple of years ago, where I now live, I just couldn't pass up the chance to record a chat. And um, that was winter 2016. (laughs) So yeah, this interview was recorded an embarrassingly long time ago. Um, It was actually, if you can imagine this, before Donald Trump was elected, I just can't even remember that time anymore. And um, that's probably why we sound so cheerful on this uh, recording is we still had hope. Anyway, um, so Robin and I talk about uh, being, we talk a lot about being disabled. We talk about being part of the largest minority in the world, how people treat you. Uh, Robin is a part-time wheelchair athlete and, but also walks. um, And they talk about how differently they get treated depending on whether they're in the chair or walking. but like they're always disabled. Like it doesn't matter. Like that's the thing is we're we're still disabled, and we sort of talk about um, how people don't seem to grasp that. Uh, and Robin also talks about being the Perth wheelchair athletic scene. Like the whole scene is one person, <laughs> um, but they're killing it. To date, this interview it was recorded during something that will always shine bright in my life. Um, Hiddle Swift, which was the short but eventful relationship between Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift, RAP, um, not RAP them, but the relationship, uh, at the time of the recording, we still weren't sure if it was all just a deep fake for a Taylor Swift music video. So that really, really dates the interview. Uh, we also talk about how concert going is a bummer when you're disabled and like even wheelchair accessible viewing platforms don't give you the full experience of being at a concert. It's, it's interesting to look back, listen back to this and, and I talk about how I wish I could go see Taylor Swift live, but it's too hard with my chronic illness. And since then, in October last year, I actually saw Taylor live in a stadium and I had four seats because an amazing friend brought, bought them for me because like she knew I needed something to live for. <laughs> um, and it was 
the reputation tour and it was truly amazing um but it was uh, it was amazing being on the floor because i wanted to be there in the midst of everyone who was just so passionate about this and i didn't want to be up in the nosebleed sort of like far far away from me even though that it's also great just being there is great but yeah it was hard because i had to put my wheelchair folded up at the end of the row of seats and so I was watching the concert and really having a good time but also kind of like glancing off to my right to check that no one was stealing my wheelchair or like mucking around with it which I now realize I I, um, didn't give a Taylor Swift uh, audience enough credit because they're the nicest it's the nicest room in the world Um, but you know it's just like everyone was standing up uh, to to obviously understandably you want to stand up and dance around and then if I was sitting I couldn't see anything so I had to stand up and then I would get tired and sit down then then I'd be like oh my god this is my jam and stand up again and so basically it was a huge um burden on my um very weak physique uh so you know going to a stadium concert still haven't really figured that one out anyway Robin and I also talk about um, dressing and presenting outside the gender binary. And since this interview was recorded, Robin has come out as non-binary, which just makes my heart rainbow emoji. Um, I'm using rainbow emoji as a verb. We also talk about, we mentioned in the interview, the latest, I'm quoting, the latest Jurassic World movie, which was um, at the time the only Jurassic World movie because this was like a year before Fallen World came out and I still haven't seen Fallen World and I refuse to. All right, I think that's it. Um, I can't wait for you to listen to this. Um, Please enjoy this chat with Robin Lambert. Yeah, that was a really interesting and fun experience. It's <laughs> really cool. Yeah. And were they kind of like, can you sit in the chair? Can you pose in the chair? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the whole aim of it was sort of to get representation for people with disabilities in catalogs and advertising and stuff like that. So I think for a starting point, we need to have that sort of visual idea that so people are like, oh, yeah, like we totally haven't been representing the biggest minority in the world. <laughs> um, so th- obviously they wanted me in the chair just for that. But I mean, it's also, you know, for them, it's a selling factor as well, I suppose, get people <laughs> pity party and stuff. But yeah. Oh, uh, do you think that's like part of it? Well, I mean, I think in my shoot, it was a lot of fun, like pretty energetic. It was active wear, so it was sporty. So I don't think so much, but I think, you know, in the minds of people that are maybe looking at it, it's still maybe a bit like, oh, look, it's someone in a wheelchair. That's cool. Like, Yeah, it's like a yeah. point of difference yeah. to what you usually not yeah. see in modeling shoots. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. We were still discussing before the microphone turned on, <laughs> like that if I was to go in for like an agency and say like, I'm a disabled model, they'd be like, well, that doesn't mean anything to yeah. look disabled. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like there should be more representation of disabled models that don't look Yeah, well, I mean, quote? for me, um, I'm a part-time wheelchair user and I also walk about, so depending on how I'm feeling on a certain day, I can look disabled or <laughs> not look disabled, but I'm, I'm still disabled. I'm still the same person. Yeah. So I think it'd be awesome to get to a point where just everyone is included, but it doesn't have to be, you know, our differences don't have to be pointed out or, you know, visible. Yeah. We're yeah. just there and we're being seen, so, yeah. Yeah, do you feel like we're still at a point I mean, I, I guess I'm saying, do you feel like, but we are. We're still at a point where it's like 
people need to see a wheelchair or like some sort of visible difference to realize there's a disability? Yeah, like definitely. I mean, I get treated vastly differently from when I'm walking and when I'm in my wheelchair, you know. We were talking earlier about how when I'm in my wheelchair, people just want to come up and tell me that I'm pretty or they want to pat me or they want to pray for me. And it's like, why don't you say that stuff when I'm walking? Oh, because you have this idea of what disability is and what that means. And that's what you're pushing on me. So, yeah. Listen, people who can walk don't need prayers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I've got hip pain, but I can walk, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and if you can, if you don't have a wheelchair, you don't need the priority seating. In the yeah, bus, right? exactly. Like, yeah, right. yeah, oh, yeah. touching <laughs> middle-aged women. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they really need to just mind their own business. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's 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 the same thing with all kinds of different things. Though. Like, there's been stories of people parking in uh, disabled bays and because they're not in a wheelchair you know people harassing them or they might be doing it for their child who's disabled and it's just like you can't really judge because you don't know what's happening in someone's life or you know their condition so it's best to just leave it to the people that are actually issuing the permits to sort out that stuff right yeah like, <laughs> it's like you don't just rock up to a shop and just buy a disabled permit like there's a process there people <laughs> oh but you know what people say it's like there was this guy in queensland who was in the news recently this old guy because he was like too many people are using disabled parking near where i live and the reporter was like, oh, but don't you use the disabled parking? He was like, yeah, but I'm legitimate. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone else is just taking the permit from their family yeah. member. And I mean, getting that OT to lie and that doctor to sign off on it, it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, people are so suspicious. Yeah, they are. And there's, yeah. like, the disability police, which is, like, civilians who take it upon themselves to, like, police yeah. disability. I mean, I've I got to be honest, you know, there's been times before where I'm like, that's a mighty big car for someone who's disabled. Like, what are you doing? But then you just got to sit back and remind yourself that, no, you don't know. You don't know that person. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. And, yeah. like, even though people with disabilities in Australia are, like, far more likely to be unemployed, underemployed, there's got to be rich disabled people. Yeah, who've definitely. Got big cars, yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah. And, they, like, goals. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be us. Yeah. <laughs> well, once your modeling career takes Yeah, off, that's it. <laughs> Once I'm on New York Fashion Week. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so rad. I feel like there's really a movement towards that happening, though. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think, you know, we, we sit and say, you know, how bad things are, but I think at the moment it's a really good time to sort of be disabled because there is a movement towards being more open and accepting and, you know, just trying out different things and getting involved in all different kinds of things. So I think it's an exciting time. There's definitely potential in the future for some opportunities and stuff like that. Yeah, there's been a big shift even in my lifetime. Just like, I think that sometimes we think that like, oh, people with disabilities have had the same life forever. Yeah. But there's actually, the disability movement has been working hard for decades. So there actually has been change. Yeah, no, there definitely has. And I mean, yeah. even traveling, I travel a lot with um, my athletics and you just get to see how in different communities, how people are treated with disabilities and what access is like in different places. And I think, you know, generally overall it is improving. So, hmm. yeah. How, what's that like? Like, because you, you can get out of your wheelchair yeah. and walk sometimes. Yeah. If you come to a building and it's not accessible, is that something you can do? or Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, mm -hmm. It depends how my body is. It's like a lot of things, you know, you're going to have high pain days or you've got joint problems and things like that. It's going to stop you from doing stuff. But, I mean, I am fortunate that in most cases, you know, if there is a step or two, I can just jump out my wheelchair, <laughs> climb up the step and pass the wheelchair up sort of thing. But, I mean, I think it's still important even for me as a disabled person and as an advocate to still challenge that because, mm -hmm. like I said, I am lucky to be able to do that and I know so many people that can't just do that. Obviously, being sort of a bit of a public figure as well, I think it's definitely, you know, a role for me to sort of challenge that. 
Definitely. And I think the thing that people forget too, especially in legislation, is that it's not just about the individual, it's about like our community. So yeah. like, I want to hang out with my friends who, you know, have to use their wheelchair yeah. and it's like a heavy motorized wheelchair, so they <laughs> can't just jump up a stair. Definitely. Like, I want to hang out with them. And so, yeah, I might be able to get up the stairs, but my friend can't. Yeah, so. I think that's, I've experienced that probably the most uh, in concert experiences oh. where accessibility has been terrible. I'm like, I don't want to hold my friends back and say like, no, you can't get a proper view of the concert because I can't go there or whatever but it's at the same time it's like I should be able to just hang out with my friends at a concert and no, do, do what they're doing so yeah no, that's it like okay so I love Taylor Swift so much <laughs> right T-Swizzle <laughs> uh, one half of Hiddle Swift um, look, by the time this goes out they might be broken up it, we might have been, it might have been revealed as a hoax I don't know but um, yeah I wanted to go to her December tour and I couldn't go because like the friend who wanted to go as a group and like buy tickets for me when they were on when they just first went on sale she wanted to be front right up the front in the mosh pit and I was like well I can't do that and she was like oh sorry and I was like (laughs) oh okay because like I don't want to go and sit by myself like honestly I've done that before and it's fine but for a a concert I really care about yeah you want that experience yeah people don't get it they're like oh but we've we've put you a viewing platform like we've been accessible I'm like okay well first of all the viewing platform's like all of the way at the back like I'm not gonna have the best view even though I am up high and secondly it's like you're not getting that same concert experience you're not in a mosh pit where like you know there's the energy and there's the dancing and the excitement like we need to figure out some way that we can emulate that rather than just me and one pal up on a little viewing platform (laughs) at the back of the stage just like woo Yeah, and, like, the people at the front are the ones who usually are the hardcore fans. Yeah. And, like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Like, I want to be with the people who are, like, crying when they hear their yeah. favorite song. Like, that's, <laughs> that's part it. of it. Yeah. That's why I, like, that used to be why, like, I don't really go anymore since my disability got worse. But, like, that's why I used to go to live music. It wasn't just about seeing the band. It was about having that community of people who that's just it. obsessed yeah. with that band around you. Yeah. I don't really know that many people who are as obsessed with Taylor Swift as I am. <laughs> I'm just imagining your life. bedroom now with like posters <laughs> everywhere. Oh like, my god. Cardboard cutout. <laughs> it's really not that far off. It's really <laughs> <laughs> my, some of my friends last year when I was going through a hard time to cheer me up got me a, um, a sticker book where you dress up Taylor oh, Swift. It <laughs> was really good when I was like going through some hard mental health stuff and I was like, oh, they're just going to put a pretty crop top. <laughs> On tea swizzle, it was really great. But uh, (laughs) yeah, no, it's like you just like things like that. You just miss out on. Yeah, yeah, because even if you can go and you have the energy to even be there for like that, it's usually like it's like three or four hours. hours. Yeah, I mean, it's like the next day. I'm just like I'm done. Yeah, (laughs) I'm out for the week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge energy and time commitment. Yeah, and also the money. Like, I don't have the money yeah, to it. go to concerts. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's this misconception as well that, you know, people with disabilities, they're on a pension and they're living some, like, high life. But, like, it's not the case in most instances. Well, I'm living the high life. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I love having to choose between seeing my physio or my psyche. each month. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. great. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> living like a queen. Um, yeah, yeah, as if we're all trying to, like, fake disability so we can get that sweet pension yeah. money yeah. And i mean it is better than new start but like that's only because new start's terrible yeah <laughs> that's a whole nother issue <laughs> that's why we need to get the modeling career going that's it right? yeah we all so. just need to be extremely good looking <laughs> 
Not that I'm extremely good looking. No, no, no. You are. It's fine. It's good to know your strengths. But you're also an athlete. I want yeah. to talk about that. So you, you're a wheelchair racer. Yeah. Am yeah. I? Am I? I don't do sports. Yeah. So it's it's a wheelchair racer. That's why I like. I don't know how else you describe it. I sit in a wheelchair and I wheelchair race. Wheelchair athlete. It. Yeah, wheelchair yeah. athlete. I mean, I've done a few different things. I've um, played wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby for my state, but I finally settled on athletics, which my parents are very happy about because wheelchair sport is expensive <laughs> and you can't do three at once. <laughs> also, do they work? Like, I've seen wheelchair basketball before. It's like violent. Are they, yeah, do they worry well, about you getting slammed? I mean, basketball is pretty tame compared to rugby. Like, I mean, really? the whole point of rugby is to knock someone on the floor and get the ball <laughs> off them. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah, I mean, now that I'm, I'm obviously focusing on athletics and got some pretty big goals in that, I don't want to be risking injury and stuff doing other crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, what is it like? I've seen some of you, you post, like, the occasional training video on yeah. Instagram, and it's really intimidating. Because <laughs> you're, like, lifting things. Yeah. And, uh, look, that again, I don't do sports. Making them gains. <laughs> Like with athletic, with so, do you need to be as light as possible while being as strong? Yeah, as possible? I mean, you sort of have to have your power to weight ratio like spot on because you really want to be light and lean, especially for sprinting. But you want to have that power to be able to obviously generate the speed and stuff. So it's yeah. kind of a technical balance. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So do you have to like watch what you eat? And oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a pretty big like foodie. Like most of my weekends are spent eating <laughs> um, so I really need to be a little bit more stricter in that area but yeah definitely working on that yeah like what did you have after what did you eat after the modeling shoot today I'm not gonna say I ate cheesy fries and a hot dog because that would be true <laughs> oh man that's the food of champions yeah I mean that's that model life right there <laughs> that's awesome yeah, is there like a calculation that you have to do to make sure that you don't go too far over this certain weight? Really, it's laying off the carbs. It's right. pretty much like the diet for a wheelchair racer is high protein because you want to be lean and uh, yeah, muscular. And then pretty much veggies and protein is, is what you live on. Not too interesting. <laughs> yeah, veggies and protein. Yeah, like for any diet, it's like any healthy. It's pretty diet. much the key to being healthy. It's it veggies is. and protein. Like anything out of the fresh food aisle, just don't bother with. <laughs> This is something I'm constantly struggling with because it's so easy to eat bread. Yeah, that's but, it. Like, it's like, what do you have for lunch? A sandwich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. God. Anyway, me and my housemate have talked about how, like, we'll eat a salad and then think, that's me done for three days. <laughs> and then realize... i the chocolate now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really going to hit the chocolate hard. And then realize, oh, you have to eat vegetables every meal. Yeah, if like, only that was how a balanced diet worked. Like, one carrot for one chocolate bar. <laughs> the same calories right yeah, yeah it's gonna be fine <laughs> how did you get into wheelchair athletics um basically i had a major surgery when i was about 12 I and mean, it was a really long recovery process it was like probably a year and when that wrapped off i was sort of just looking for something to do to get me back being active and sort of in a social environment and stuff like that and uh my dad actually worked at a gym of amber Merritt's mother who's one of Australia's best wheelchair basketballers. Actually, she's one of the best wheelchair basketballers in the world. Um, oh. So she was like, just come down and try basketball. And then from there, I got involved in uh, the wheelchair sports organization and just tried a bunch of things till finally settled on athletics. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I know that you were raising money a while back for a new chair. Yeah. I mean, with every wheelchair sport comes a custom-built wheelchair. And with not very much demand, they are extremely expensive. Oh, um, wow. Because they're pretty much made to measure width, height, everything. So, um, 
especially with the, uh, the wheelchair racing, it's very technical and very precise, obviously, because you want to be fast, but you want to be also able to go around the track and things like that. So, yeah, expensive. <laughs> wow. So... You said there's not much demand. 20% of the population is disabled. Yeah. That doesn't mean you use a wheelchair, but there's probably a lot of wheelchair users yeah. within that. Do you think more people need to start playing wheelchair basketball? Would that really help you out? <laughs> that really would help me out, yeah. If people started <laughs> racing wheelchairs all the time and playing wheelchair basketball, my life would be so much easier. <laughs> what if, like, just, like, what if able-bodied people decided they were going to play wheelchair sports? We do have that um, yeah. in our local leagues, just to sort of beef up the competition in, in the individual states. We get able-bods to come down and play basketball or rugby but it's also great for them to sort of experience what it's like to be in a wheelchair as well and yeah. you know also to see that it doesn't have to be a limitation being in a wheelchair you can still do all the same things you might not do them the way everyone else does them or you know it might take you a bit longer but there are so many possibilities if you're open to it do they ever like in mid-game just like get out of their chair and like snap the ball out of someone <laughs> that is an illegal move i'll get a three pro <laughs> That would be amazing if you were allowed to do that. Yeah. And you, you could just like Start run out running of the up the court. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> Have a little trampoline ready and just like slam, slam dunk. dunk. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah. To, to be fair, I mean, how much of a crowd would you pull if that yeah, was happening on the court? We need like the Harlem Globetrotters of like wheelchair basketball. <laughs> listening and would like to start that up I think yeah, that could be a really it. great thing <laughs> so like is the Paralympics on the books for you is that um a yeah goal? I mean I was trying out for Rio I missed the qualifying time by six milliseconds which was slightly oh, devastating shit. um Oh, my God. <laughs> so close, but yet so far. Six um, milliseconds. But, I mean, after all of the news and stuff that's come out about Rio, I can't say I'm too fussed about not going. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty intense place right now. Um, but we got World Championships next year, which I'm desperately trying to make the team for that. And then, obviously, Tokyo, which is going to be an amazing Paralympics for sure. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you think Tokyo will have less accessibility problems? I think so. And, I mean, I'd hope so. A lot of the wheelchairs, the racing chairs, come out of Japan. They've sort of got the cutting-edge technology at the minute with cars carbon fibre and stuff like that, mm. Toyota's helping make some chairs and Hyundai, so I'm hoping that they've put on a really good games just to sort of showcase all of that. That's cool, yeah. cool. For people who don't know about wheelchair racing, what's the one thing they should know about it? Um, it's exciting, the top level guys go fast, like really fast, and I mean anything over an 800 meters you've got chance of a crash which is always exciting <laughs> not that you know like we want to see people get hurt yeah, but yeah if, if you want to see if that's what you want to see yeah, yeah if you want to see that then <laughs> definitely tune into the 1500 because it's gonna happen <laughs> um no but yeah like i said it's fast and it's, it's just as exciting i think as everybody running if not more so if that's your cup of tea definitely check it out well, I mean, I think people like to see skill, you know? Yeah. And, like, it takes huge skill to be able to Oh, yeah, it's massively technical, especially the racing. Like, after trying a bunch of different sports, I mean, there's game plan and strategy involved in basketball and rugby, but I think in terms of actually just pushing that wheelchair, it's so technical in racing. Mm. And um, it's definitely, yeah, it's a hard skill to master. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you live in Perth. Uh, how much of a scene is there? It's me. I am the scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Yeah. No, um, basketball uh, is a huge scene. We are, like, national champions quite frequently in the basketball, and uh, a lot of the top Paralympians come out of WA for that. Rugby sort of died off in the last couple of years, which is a real shame. Uh, that's why I moved to athletics. Yeah, but at the minute, in athletics, it's me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I really need to get over to Sydney or something uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're talking to the wheelchair athletics scene of Perth. Yeah. <laughs> nice Here's <to> Robin. 
Oh man, how, how hard is it to find a, a coach, a trainer and things like that? I'm really lucky that I have a wonderful coach who's had years and years of experience. She's coached in South Africa and, and New Zealand and got people to world championships and that kind of thing. But I mean, that's just luck that she would be based in Perth. I, I'm in frequent contact with Louise Savage and Fred Periak, who are the Australian national coaches. And I've done camps and competitions over in Sydney and uh, in the ACT. So, I mean, I have all of those kind of opportunities. It'd just be great to have some more competition in Perth for me to practice against. <laughs> That's right. That yeah. would be great. Well, maybe you could just like get some, yeah, get some able-bodied yeah, people, get them to jump, chuck in them in the chairs, <laughs> and then you can just outstrip them. That's no it, problem. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, progress means that I have to have a bit of a tighter competition. Nah. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say you could race against me, and I'd just still be sitting back at the start line, being like, "I'm tired. I'm done. <laughs> I'm so done." <laughs> Um, actually, I want to talk to you about just sort of um, on your vlog, you talked about the different treatment you get when you're in your wheelchair as opposed to when you're not using your wheelchair. Yeah. And like, I've sort of experienced that a bit, like you're a part-time wheelchair user. I sometimes use a wheelchair and <laughs> all of a sudden people want to tell you how beautiful you are. Yeah. I just think you're so that's, beautiful. That's the thing. And it's just like, you don't tell me that when I'm walking. So why now I'm sat in a wheelchair? Are you telling me that? Like, yeah. what is what is your purpose? What is it to make you feel better for you know doing your good deed of the day, <laughs> or is it you know because you think I'm gonna be somehow not feeling beautiful or pretty because I'm disabled? Like, because that's your idea of disability is that they're not usually good looking or like I'm just I'm always trying to suss out well, why are you saying that to me and it, and I think that's what's frustrating about it. Like, if I got compliments all the time, I'd be like, yeah, no worries, I know I'm hot. <laughs> but it's, but it's just just in the wheelchair, you know, this it just starts to make your mind tick a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Does that make you feel a bit paranoid when you're in the wheelchair? Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm, I think I'm a pretty vibrant and, like, happy-looking thing. Like, I've got purple hair. I'm always wearing, like, crazy stuff. Like, i got a bright green wheelchair. And then people come up to me and ask, like, to pray for me and, like, say, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, I literally couldn't look any more happy <laughs> right now. Like, <laughs> my face would hurt from smiling so much if that was the case. Like, why? Why? <laughs> Did you know that I'm like a nationally, internationally ranked athlete yeah. and I have a modeling career? Like, I'm that's fine. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's the other thing is that you have like this very, very put together style. And like, it's clear that you're interested in fashion. Yeah. Like, like you, you have these amazing outfits. Oh, uh, and like, uh, just the fact that people would feel like maybe you need to hear. I'm, I mean, I just find that so interesting. Yeah. Like, I you're mean, clearly interested in how you look and like, take care of yourself. That's it. So yeah. why, like, what do they think you need from them? Yeah, I think it's that, yeah, it's like validation almost. Like, if I tell you this, you're going to feel validated. It's like, why do I need you to validate me as a person? <laughs> yeah, it's like you might want to hear it from an able-bodied yeah. person, you know, an objective viewer. Oh, oh, that one where it's like, you're so pretty for a disabled person. Oh, it's like, God. what? No, no, have people said that to yeah. you? Like, oh, it's such a shame you're disabled because you're gorgeous. <laughs> it's like, the fuck? No, it's Whoa. like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's like a backhandly compliment right there. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That would be like next level negging. Yeah. It's like, oh man, you're really pretty for a disabled girl. Yeah. Swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, you have spoken out on your vlog against the gender binary. Yeah. And you often hashtag your outfits on Instagram as like androgynous femme tomboy. Yeah. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Like how much does that influence your style? And oh, it influences me massively. Like I used to be very, very masculine when I was younger and I went through a whole stage of just wearing guys' clothes. And I think like I was comfortable that way, but then I was like, well, 
you know what, just because I have these ideas of who I am as a person doesn't mean I can't explore the more feminine side of myself and I can still be that same person. So I think, you know, recently I really just sort of found my gender identity and just realised that I can just wear whatever the hell I like. Like, it doesn't mean that I'm a certain person or there shouldn't be any, like, connotations attached to that. Yeah. Um, so I feel a lot more free now, like, because I can... I, my style is pretty eclectic, I'd say. You know, I go from super feminine some days to more masculine to then just straight down the middle, like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, I like messaging with people as well. Like, it's like, you can't tell. And I'm really happy about that. <laughs> It's true, like, um, my hair is growing out now, but it used to be if I brushed it a certain way and didn't wear, like, earrings and yeah. stuff, it was like, I could just be, like, a really pretty boy. Yeah, like, I like it. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if growing up with a disability meant that you learned early on, maybe earlier than, like, say, I did, that it doesn't matter what you look like, people, you can't control how people perceive you? I'd probably say the opposite. Oh. Um, I'd probably say that through fashion and, and style I've gained a lot of confidence and I think, you know, while, while I say, you know, people say, oh, you're so pretty for a disabled person, or, or they do, people generally, like, you can see they have a perception of what it means to be disabled and then they look at me and you can almost just see that shatter in them, like, oh, wow, yeah, like, why have I thought this is what a disabled person looks like? Like, there's, like you said, there's millions of disabled people, they're not all going to look the same, some of them are going to be interested in fashion, some of them are going to be interested in other stuff, like, and so I think, yeah, I've gained a lot of confidence through that and my parents have always kind of just allowed me to dress myself and, like, encouraged me to just dress how I want so I mean yeah I've always been that way <laughs> that's really cool yeah I actually wanted to ask you like just you mentioned your parents like I've seen your vlogs and the background of your vlogs is always like just perfect and I was wondering <laughs> is that just what your house looks like or are you styling that like no, no, yeah, that's my house like <laughs> my bedroom is mental like there's so much going on I don't know how I can even sleep in there like I just collect <laughs> things that are like colorful and like crazy <laughs> it's just such and I hope this doesn't come off as, like, backhanded, but it's such a vlogger's yeah. room. You know what I mean? Like, so hipster. No. no, no, no. It's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so, like, made to be looked at. It's like, oh. It's I gorgeous. mean, I've got young parents, too, so I'm pretty lucky that they're, like, pretty trendy. So my that's living room cool. looks trendy. My bedroom looks trendy. Like, it's it's, it's a good thing. Oh, man. Like, oh, that's just, I'm, I just have, you know, room envy. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was, speaking of your vlog... You, it's called My T-Rex Life. That's it, yeah. Um, and it took me a while to figure out what you meant by T-Rex when I started watching it. Yeah, a lot of people ask me that. They're like, "That's it's cool, but it's so weird. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, um, I have cerebral palsy. And when I walk, especially when I was younger, maybe not so much now, but it's kind of just stuck. Um, when I get tired, my arms come up like <laughs> towards my chin in like little t-rex formation <laughs> so my parents just started calling me t-rex but then i thought well the t-rex is actually like a really cool animal because like it the has tiny it's, yeah exactly it's like king of the lizards it has tiny arms that are practically like useless but like everyone fears the t-rex and just thinks it's so cool so mm -hmm. i think it's a pretty fitting metaphor for disability <laughs> also it was the hero of the latest jurassic world movie exactly so yep, there you that's go it. <laughs> did you watch that and you were like, I did. like yeah, go the T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that bit where um, Bryce Dallas Howard lights that like, oh, flare? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, for some reason, wearing heels, <laughs> runs away from, outruns a T-Rex. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was so, I guess it was an old T-Rex. Yeah. So maybe it's getting on and it's, it's in its lady years, you know. Hasn't got too much energy. <laughs> But yeah, how long have you been doing the vlog now? Oh man, I've probably been doing it on and off for like 
couple of years now, maybe four years. I started off just doing it to answer questions people asked me on Tumblr. Oh, they were always because I sort of I didn't really talk about my disability when I first started out on Tumblr. It was just like any teenager just reblogging pretty stuff, um, yeah. <laughs> fandom stuff. And then as I started posting pictures of myself, they'd be like, "Oh, why are you in a wheelchair? Or why why are you standing sometimes? And why are you in a wheelchair? Or what's your disability?" And and then there sort of was emerging a little community on Tumblr of people with disabilities and. Yeah, so I just started answering people's questions in video form on my crappy little webcam, and from there it's kind of evolved. <laughs> yeah, it's like really high production value okay. now. It's really cool. <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, how is she getting the emojis onto the screen? <laughs> yeah. It's all really pretty. Millions of YouTube tutorials <laughs> is the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, do you produce it all yourself? Yeah, I do everything myself. Um, I've always been interested in filmmaking, like... I've got some really embarrassing YouTube channels from when I was like 12 and it's just me and my friends like doing Sherlock like role play and <laughs> stuff like that or like weird music videos. So I've always been in, in, um, interested in video making and editing and stuff so it's great yeah. that I get to do that now. <laughs> I just I just thank goodness that YouTube didn't exist when I was 12. Yeah, that's like, it. It was a bad all, time. <laughs> there's a lot of VHS videos that like hopefully have been been destroyed by now and it's from like my I childhood. can't even remember my passwords for those accounts so I can't delete them so it's just there forever <laughs> yes my old live journal is still up okay nobody look it up it's really embarrassing it's totally for when I was that when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> see I was under a pseudonym so no one will be able oh, to figure okay, it out there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah I, I found it recently I was like oh god this is still out there and I, could, I can't remember my password so it's like, it's I was forever. like how do I delete it how do I delete it <laughs> like I think there's an old photo box of mine or something oh. and I'm like oh god it's all me when I was like 16 17 oh god Sorry. this is why I'm like a little bit like I feel a bit sorry for your generation yeah. just because everything's out there all yes. the time like I mean it was a little bit like that for my generation but it's really like that for your generation yeah. totally can't do anything stupid because you can guarantee millions of people are gonna watch it yeah. <laughs> well that's it now that you're a public figure yeah and like you know you're probably going to become more and more public facing as you go on with your career are you worried about that <laughs> I mean I'm sort of in it just to educate people and cool. um, raise awareness and, and just be me really and show people that you know disability comes in many different forms and different people and all that kind of stuff so I'm just gonna keep living my life really I'm, I'm not too worried about that <laughs> that's so great I think when someone is so comfortable in themselves like then that kind of stuff doesn't matter and maybe that's the benefit for people who grew up on the internet, yeah. is that you can't escape who you are. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And I mean, I've just found so much confidence in talking to other people with disabilities and people with different styles and you know different genders and all different kinds of stuff. And it's like, wow, there really are so many possibilities w when you're a human. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah it's oh, man, busy. it's just such a beautiful thing. Like, I think I was mentioning earlier, I, I didn't grow up with a disability, and so I sort of, like, still kind of had this notion when I yeah. became an adult that I could... Because I was such a weird kid, you know, like, and I still... Oh, I'm with you on that. <laughs> it's definitely weird. Oh, my God. Like, so beautifully weird. Like, if I was babysitting that kid, I would just love her. But being her was hard. Um, and, like, I sort of went through a thing when I turned, like, 18, 20, where I was like, maybe if I try really hard, I can be normal. Yeah. Like, I can fit in. Yeah. And it was interesting to find that even when I did, like, you know, grow my hair out, had like, you know, I went blonde, I like started dressing like yeah. all the popular girls, like all that kind of stuff, you know, quote unquote popular. And um, 
my life actually didn't get better. Yeah. Like, it changed, but it well, didn't actually change I think that's better. one of the great things about being born with a disability and realising early on that people have certain perceptions of you as a disabled person. It's really like, well, I can just be anyone. And yeah. it's not going to change how they see me. Like, well, you know, if I, if I go to school wearing, like, a big, massive pink fluffy coat or something people are gonna be like what the hell but like if they're not they're my friends notice. yeah, yeah. They're gonna notice, but like yeah they already think of you a certain way so if you change it's not really gonna change anything if they're not already your friend or you know an acquaintance so. yeah that's so great I just think that's so great and like I forgot where I was going with this <laughs> uh, probably took you off on a tangent <laughs> no no I just I'm just like really brain foggy today <laughs> um but I, I, you mentioned that, like, it, you got more confidence from talking to other disabled people. Yeah. And, like, that's something I recently had a conversation with Carly Finlay, who's a disability advocate. Yeah. Um, really, awesome. <laughs> yeah, really great really blog. Cool. A really great blogger. And um, we talked about the movie Me Before You. <sighs> yeah, big, big <laughs> sigh. Big sigh. But, like, she mentioned that, like, there was a thing, a trope, where it's always an able-bodied person helping the disabled so. person. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the disabled person exists to change the able-bodied person's life, yeah, which definitely. is what happened to me before you. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but you know. You don't need to. Don't worry about it. But like, and then you just did a. You recently did a review of Finding Dory. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned that there was a scene, and again, I haven't seen that either, so I'm not <laughs> offering an opinion. But you you said that you'd you, there was a scene where like there is a whale with a disability, like his disability goes away because his friend. Tells teacher. him to believe hard enough that it will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, like, problematic. Yeah. But you made a really nuanced point that maybe sometimes the things that are holding you back are just your perception of your own disability. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, for me, there were certain things I thought I'd never... Well, not that I'd never be able to do, but I just didn't think I'd be doing anytime soon, like, travelling independently or... Yeah, or just even, like, getting around in my wheelchair a certain way. I didn't think I'd be able to do that or, you know, all of these other kind of things. And then I started travelling with the wheelchair rugby team, which is a really interesting group because it's all quadriplegic, so we're all people with disabilities in all four limbs. So, um, and it ranges from people like me who are fairly able but still have impairment in all four limbs and then people who are, like, high-level quadriplegics, like, can't, don't have any independent finger function or wrist function or things like that. And then just seeing them just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and still leading, like, really open lives and then figuring out how they were doing stuff with their impairment. And I'm thinking, well, oh, yeah, that's how they do it. Maybe I should try it that way. Or So that gave me, like, the independence and opened up my eyes to all of the different ways you can do things and, like, all the opportunities that are still out there. Yeah, and that's exactly what occurred to me when I was thinking about this whale scene was that it would have been completely different if the whale t helping his friend had been another disabled yeah. whale. yeah character yeah. <laughs> listen more disabled whales but like I mean that's kind of it's my my experience has been it's been other people with chronic conditions other people with disabilities that have really made my life so much better yeah able-bodied people are usually the ones that I love them but I have to kind of like put up with some crap sometimes yeah. like I mean I do, I do think things. disability is a very complex thing and especially yeah. like the disabled identity and all that kind of stuff and I don't really expect people that haven't experienced disability themselves or had a pretty close relationship with someone who's disabled to just get it. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I just think they need to be open to education and being open to listen to what I have to say as a person with a disability. Not saying that I speak for the entire disabled population. No, it's obviously. okay. You speak for us. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we like, had a meeting. <laughs> yeah, we all got together. We all know each other, don't you know? Um, <laughs> um, I in this podcast, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to meet everyone, link everyone up. <laughs> and uh, that was really interesting when I came out uh, with my review of Me Before You and was talking about how it was problematic. I had all of these able-bodied people try and come and explain to me why it was okay mm. and why it wasn't problematic. And I'm like, look, I'm the person that has a disability. I'm living this life in real life, not in a movie. I'm living this life. Just listen to me and don't fight it. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. you like the movie and that's fine, but you've got to understand why for people like me it's problematic. Exactly. Like, I recently tweeted about... Uh, all I did was just point out... I, f- I think a lot of people don't realise some of the ableist um, connotations of certain words, like yeah. insults, you know. And, like, a lot of them are rooted in uh, stigma against people with intellectual disabilities. Yeah, yeah. And, like, even though I don't... I have, like, a cognitive disability, but, like, I don't know if that's the same as intellectual. Yeah. It's all very confusing. Like you said, it's, it's complex. It's confusing. Like, I don't understand every disability and how it affects people and what they can do and what they can't, but I just... I think that because I've had that experience, I'm more open to just being, okay, well, that's the way it is. Let's yeah. try and help you out or, you know, yeah. make the world more accessible for everyone because we got to remember as well that accessibility doesn't just help disabled people. Right? Ramps come in handy for people who are pushing prams and trolleys <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. and all different kinds of things. And you don't know when you're going to experience a disability. It's one of those things that can just happen yes. and you can become disabled or, you know, someone in your family, you might have to care for them with a disability. So it really just helps everyone. So I don't know why people are so resistant to it. Yeah. And I think, I think it's like that whole, you know, when you're a teenager, you think you're invincible and you can just do anything. I think it's kind of the same thing with able-bodied people. They just don't see past their able-bodiedness sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. The, the thing is that, like, if, um, you know, like me before, you was kind of telling people living with disability is worse than, is worse than death. Yeah. Then, like, they don't want to think about how they might become disabled one day. Yeah. Because that's just too scary. And that's one of my, that was one of my major things. Like, a lot of people say, you know, it's just one person's view of being disabled. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the same narrative that's constantly being perpetuated in our media. And what if someone now was to become disabled and that's all they'd ever really been, like, um, exposed to they're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna feel great about themselves like yeah. and they're gonna go down that same path because that's all they know <laughs> yeah and like I had no idea how awesome it could be to be in the disability community until I was like had to go on the disability pension yeah. and realized oh shit am I disabled yeah like you know and then it was like a, I, I was really like like it was like I'd been given a death sentence yeah. And then I actually started getting involved in the disability community. I was like, this is really fun. Yeah. And, like, I'm alive and I'm happy. And, I mean, it's, it's like being belonging to any minority. I'm not saying there aren't challenges. There's, there's definitely challenges and people are aware of those. And there's times when I think, oh, Jesus Christ, why am I disabled? Like, this is oh, just so yeah. hard. But then, you know, it's like being involved in any minority. There's, there's a community there and there's a culture there which, if you are open to it and you embrace it, leads to so many possibilities, so many opportunities, and so many rad people. Like, I'm sitting here talking to you today. I've been following your Twitter for ages just thinking, this girl is cool. Like, I want to meet her. So, and then, Same, I've been watching yeah. your vlog for like a year going, I am going to interview her. So, like, and like, <laughs> some of my best friends now are people that I've met purely because I'm disabled. And some of the most exciting things I've done to date are because I'm disabled. I wouldn't be a disabled athlete and traveling the world unless I was disabled. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I wouldn't have had, all, like, all the fun and opportunity I've had doing this podcast if there hadn't been a need for it in my life yeah. and, like, also in the podcasting sort of market, you know. Yeah. But the interesting thing when I was tweeting out about these, like, ableist slurs is that people got really resistant to it. 
Um, they didn't want their insults taken away from me. Yeah. They wanted to have, they wanted to be able to call people dumb and stuff like that. Like so many other insults, get creative people. Like, <laughs> yeah, people are getting bored. Surely of just being called the same thing over and over. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be insulted in new and creative ways. That's it. If you but like, insult me, be creative about it. <laughs> <laughs> At least we'll respect that. But like the thing was that I wasn't telling anybody what to say. And no. A lot of people were acting as if I was, and I was like, no, I'm just telling you what words mean yeah. to to like a lot of people. And then you, if you care about that then you can make choices yeah. but like if you don't care how your words affect other people then I can't you can't help change you. that and that and that's the major thing about my ch- uh, my channel and, and what I try to do is I really try and educate people because I think if you attack people or you know make people feel a certain way for holding certain opinions it really doesn't help you or your advocacy or the community because they're just automatically going to be defensive mm. and they're going to put your, the back up to you and they're not really going to be responsive to what you're saying and it's also you got to understand why people hold the views that they do there's a lot of things that go into creating perceptions like media like upbringing like lack of education and if you can't understand why someone's holding the perception that they do how are they supposed to understand you yeah true (laughs) true and i think uh, a lot of the times we put too much emphasis on individuals need to educate themselves and to um transcend all of the messages they've been given their whole life yeah yeah and i I think like you know i had the same i had a lot of the same attitudes towards disability before i became disabled and like hopefully it won't take that for every person (laughs) i really don't want an entire population of disabled people it's what makes me cool yeah yeah (laughs) it's why i'm modeling much competition yeah (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what, like, and I'm just, like, I'm just putting, I hope this isn't a weird thing to say, but I think you would be modelling no matter what. Because, oh, like, you, like, you've got a really good face for modelling. But I don't also, know, I'm not very tall, though. Like, I'm not <laughs> lacking in that department. <laughs> but, like, I think that if you didn't have cerebral palsy, no, actually, a better way to put it is if the world didn't have an issue with cerebral palsy, yeah. you would be modelling. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, thanks. I think sometimes people think that affirmative action is, like, more insidious and like you know than it is yeah. like giving people opportunities they wouldn't otherwise have and yeah. it's like no no they would have it if you weren't so prejudiced that's against it. them that's definitely like, it yeah it's really the prejudice that's the issue and not the affirmative action yeah. but i don't know i don't even know like is is like you're, you're involved with this uh with, sorry it was called um starting with julius starting with julius yeah um which i think you might have mentioned but i didn't have the microphone oh yeah that's right yeah (laughs) so basically the way i got into modeling was through a non-profit organization in perth called starting with julius and um it's basically a mom and she's a lawyer and she's you know very very intelligent she's done talks to the united nations and brought about a lot of policy change and stuff but she basically realized that Unless we create a cultural change, we can implement all the policies we want, but nothing's really going to change for people with disabilities. And she has a son with Down syndrome, and she was sort of thinking, you know, why is the biggest minority in the world literally the most underrepresented minority in all of our media? Um, And from there, she started, you know, to make connections with different companies, trying to get people with disabilities, just in normal, everyday advertising, like catalogs, like we're not... Like, we just want to get to a point, I think, where we see people on television selling insurance who are sat in a wheelchair or, you know... Uh, doctors on TV shows who are amputees and stuff like that. Like, we want it to just be mundane. Because when it's mundane, that means it's normalized and it's not a big deal anymore. Hey, listeners, this is a trigger warning for the mention of sexual assault and violence against women. If you don't want to listen to this part of the conversation, just skip ahead about four minutes. Yeah, I I read a really interesting article by Naomi Cheney, uh, who has ME-CFS like me, uh, last night about uh, Oscar Pistorius one of the most famous disabled athletes in the world. 
was a great role model until was, he uh... <laughs> was a great role model for a while. Murdered his girlfriend. Yeah. Not great. And uh, yeah, sorry, I'm saying not great facetiously. It's fucking terrible. It's terrible. Um, but like, it's she Naomi was talking about in her article about like the sort of way that we view disabled people, sort of like jutting up against the way that we view men who commit violence against women and how there was like uh, so he recently got uh, sentenced to six years yeah. in prison and the judge said that there was a, a reluctance um, to sentence a disabled man to prison <laughs> and I think that if disabled uh, so this is not really my point, this is more Naomi's point and I yeah. just agree with it but like if disabled people were not viewed as so other yeah. then like uh, people would just be looking at like that's just a man who killed, killed someone. someone. Yeah. And so it's almost like he was kind of... Because, like, he, he walked into the court without his prosthetics Trying one to day. make him look vulnerable. And, yeah, yeah, which, I mean, yeah. like, he wouldn't do. He wouldn't do that in a prison. Like, I can't see... Yeah. I can't see why they take your prosthetics away. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And also, yeah. like, um, why would he walk into court? Like, it's like, I wouldn't walk into court with no pants on. Yeah. You know what it, And I'm not saying, like, it's not the same thing, but it's like... Uh, I don't know. It's, it just seemed a bit manipulative, and Naomi was pointing out that he maybe was manipulating the um, bias toward, like, the bias sort of, it's it's both towards and against. It's like a benevolent, <laughs> benevolent ableism. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no, he's got a disability. But, like, he sort of played on that to, to get away with murder, literally. Yeah. And, like, she was talking about how much that makes him, like, not a good disability role model. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, the, the murder thing <laughs> already ruled that no, out. I kind of ruled it out. But, but I mean, I think also we're living in a world where, obviously not in that case, like, that was terrible, you shouldn't do that, you just burn it someone, but in order to be a successful disabled person, you kind of do have to know where to play on that um, mm. to get opportunities, which, you know, sometimes I do things and I'm like, really, how I want to be seen, I wouldn't be doing this, but it's giving me this opportunity, which is hopefully going to bring me more opportunities to get my point of view across. But so, it's like you, you're having to make those choices within a very narrow field of choices. Yeah, that's that, it. That like an able-bodied person would have a, a much wider field of choices available yeah. to them. So like any other wealthy, famous, white, cis male athlete would not have to play up the... No. Like, he, you know, he probably would... <laughs> he probably would... What was that, that guy in um, America? He got like probation for like raping oh yeah sorry Very trigger warning. yeah content note uh, i will put a content note in there but you know it's like he got like a slap on the wrist and it's like that's how low we count the lives of women like yeah. in western society Definitely. so i mean he was playing up like the only card uh, sorry oscar pistorius was playing up the only card he had which was that he's an amputee yeah i think like sometimes people might warp that to think oh being disabled disabled is a like having the the victim card to like yeah. quote people like you yeah. know quote conservative shock jocks <laughs> is like actually an advantage that you have over able-bodied people yeah but it's i mean can you react to that like yeah that... oh i mean like i said i think <laughs> there's definitely times where like i've got to the front of a queue or something you know <laughs> like when i went to vote i got straight to the front there was like an hour long line and i just got straight to the front and I was sat in a wheelchair, and I'm thinking, why do I need to be at the front? I'm literally sat down. <laughs> like, 
Like, I'm not the person that should be at the back of this queue. But I mean, I, I don't fight it because I have other disadvantages in my life. So yeah. I kind of just take the benefits where I can get them. It's like, yeah, um, it's like the very small perk. Yeah, um, that's it. But no, I mean, it's funny just on that because when I voted, there was like a like an hour long wait. Yeah. And I went to the front of the line and you should have seen the looks people were that's giving it. me. And so I if got I was treated, walking, I would have been the exact same. I would have been yeah. like, Psh, come on now. <laughs> I got treated so suspiciously uh, as if I was trying to get away with something. Yeah. And I had to whisper to this like volunteer who was like barking at me. I was like, I've got a disability. I can't stand that long. Yeah. I'm like, just walking here was about all of the energy I have. Yeah. She acted like she, like I was like this naughty child. Yeah. And like trying to get away with, trying to pull the wool over her eyes. And, and I was like, yeah. I can show you my disability <laughs> card if you want. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like me. I still get awkward and nervous about like standing up from my wheelchair when I'm in a oh, public yeah. place. And it's like, I shouldn't have to feel that way. Like, well, I know why I've got a wheelchair. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have to feel embarrassed. But that feeling that someone might be filming you on their phone yeah. and then post it online with, like... It's like that meme where it's, like, that chick standing up from the wheelchair to get the alcohol or whatever. It's like, it's a miracle, the power of alcohol. And it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, people at the footy and they're sitting in a wheelchair and when their team kicks a goal, they stand up yeah. to cheer. And it's like, see, they're not really disabled. Yeah. We're being tricked by people in wheelchairs. That's and it's it. like, yeah. mm. and it's like do you realize how hard it is to actually get a wheelchair if you're not like a paraplegic and do you realize how expensive they are <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> the amount of times that some of my friends have been like why don't you just get a wheelchair and i'm like why don't i just win the lottery yeah. like, <laughs> exactly like why yeah. don't i just magically find affordable accessible yeah. housing near I mean, where i work i'm like, 19 years old and i only got a proper wheelchair that actually serves my active lifestyle early this year Wow, so, really? Yeah, so I mean, I've had other wheelchairs which got me from A to B, but it's not... This is the green yeah, one this over is the green here. machine over there, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't suit my active lifestyle, and it made things just as hard as walking sometimes. So, I mean, it's Jeez. not easy, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Can we, like, can I take the microphone over? Can we talk about the wheelchair? Yeah, is that okay? yeah, yeah we can do that. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, ever since I had... Um... I'll go bring the wheelchair here, that'll be oh, easier. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. I didn't even notice that it was green. Yeah. How bad is that? Just to match my T-Rex persona. <laughs> <laughs> green, like the king of the reptiles. <laughs> yes. Oh, so it's, all right, so it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, does it have a name? Uh, it's just the green machine. Green machine. Yeah, the green machine. Uh, now, like, it doesn't have, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but yeah. it, I think a lot of people don't realize, the people who use their wheelchairs for daily life, that it doesn't have the big, tall, back it doesn't no, have the, it doesn't the, the have two back, handles the handles the armrests none of that stuff i mean there are people with disabilities who do need that stuff um different postural things and they need assistance or pushing but people like myself who are obviously you know wheelchair athletes and pretty capable in my own way like that's not necessary <laughs> it's a hindrance <laughs> yeah you were like wheeling up the ramp to get in this building ahead of me and i was like i was like trying to keep up it was so i was i'm puffed like uh, <laughs> But yeah, so you don't have anywhere to like hang a bag or a backpack. Um, I usually just carry it on my back, to be honest. Right. Around my front, yeah. Yeah, so you know, if I had a wheelchair, I would need something that people could push. Yeah, that's because, it. Because yeah. like, I'm, I'm exhausted, yeah. that's my main issue. But I, I assume that if someone started pushing your wheelchair, you would be 
it's not, not okay. Yeah, with that. I mean, it depends. Like, if it's a friend and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, this hill is steep and you just give us a little froggy, like, that's cool. Like, I think when people just run up behind you and all of a sudden, like, oh, let me help you, I'll start pushing you. I'm like, you're actually not helping me. Like, <laughs> you're not doing it right. You're not going at the right speed. <laughs> yeah. God, I know it's not the same thing at all, but when I was a waitress, people would try and take things off my tray. Yeah, and, like, and it just unbalances the whole thing. Yeah, like yeah. one time I dropped a whole espresso cup on a baby, <laughs> which I actually think I've told that story on this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something I'm not really proud of, but like someone took something off the other side of my tray yeah, and it just it just tipped over. over. That's it. Yeah. People people don't realize that like you know they can just ask you. Yeah. Like they can just talk to you. And that's like people think like oh disabled people they're so bitter they never want you to help you blah 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 and it's like it's, <laughs> it's not the case. It's like I appreciate help. It's just gotta be when when I need it. <laughs> that's like if you have like a mental like a mental health issue, people get so like oh you're so bitter you never ask for you you never want any of my advice. Yeah. It's like, you mean your unsolicited advice? Yeah, that's that it. you, like, yeah. uh, you don't know me. And Have you, you tried <laughs> green juice? <laughs> but it works wonders. Have you tried positive thinking? <laughs> it's like, oh, just... Ten minute, minutes of meditation every day in your closet will cure you, I assure you. <laughs> but if you don't do it in your closet, it'll actually make you worse. No. <laughs> Um, like, the seat, it looks really comfy. It is, it's pretty comfy, yeah. I mean, it's a pressure cushion. Because um, ah. people think that, because I'm not paralysed, that I wouldn't get pressure sores, but you're still set all day, and yeah. I, I don't have full feeling, even though I'm not paralysed. So, yeah, it's pretty comfy. Yeah, you mentioned that you have, like, uh, chronic pain. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's on and off, but, I mean, with CP, uh, even when you can walk, you're not walking how the body is designed to do. So you get wear and tear, and when you experience uh, a certain pain for long enough, your brain is kind of just like, oh, this is how things are now. So it's like you got to right. train yourself out of that. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I'm supposed to, like, I, as I'm saying this, I'm, like, fully hunched. But, like, I'm supposed to fix <laughs> gotta my... Got to have that good posture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I'm supposed to fix my posture because having tense muscles uses up a lot of energy. And, that's it. Yeah. And, like, lack of energy is, like, a big problem for me. But, like, retraining my yeah. body to have I good posture mean, is, I don't, is I don't hard. always help myself, you know. I mean, you do 19 years of physio and all that other kind of stuff. You kind of think, oh, I can't be bothered anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to just turn into a potato. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, <laughs> that's my decision. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's been so much fun talking oh, to thank you, Robin. You. Thank you so much. Is there anything you would like uh, the listeners of Just a Spoonful to know um, just anything you're interested anything in? Anything I'm interested moment? in? Hmm. Yeah, basically, I'd just say that you know, like disability, like anything, you know, everyone feels, everyone experiences challenge. No one is immune to challenges, and I think every everyone in some way is disabled, whether that's by viewpoints that they have or by conditions that they have. And it's really just looking at what you do have and what you can work towards is what's gonna get the most out of life. I think. Yeah. Man, well said. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you in. Redacted catalog very soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You can add that in a post once it's been released. <laughs> That'll be great, Dinosaur. Uh-huh. <laughs>
did it. You crazy son of a bitch, you did. They move in herds. So the re- the redacted catalog that I was just mentioning was in fact Target Australia, um, for which Robin was a model. Actually, the first adult with a visible disability to feature in a nationwide advertising campaign in Australia. Like, that's amazing. Um, But the really weird thing about that is when we recorded that interview and we had that chat with each other, we didn't know it at the time, but almost exactly a year later, I would also model in a campaign for Target Australia. What? (laughs) So we're Target twins. Um, But seriously, good on this huge retail corporation for actively writing diversity into their campaign scripts. This podcast is not sponsored by Target Australia. If it was, I'd be putting out way more episodes because I'd have money. Um, We also, uh, Robin mentioned starting with Julius, a Perth-based not-for-profit project that works to influence better disability representation across all forms of media. I'm going to put a link to them in in the show notes because they're great. And you can find Robin on Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon, and I'll be putting links to all those in the show notes as well. And speaking of Patreon, this podcast and my whole uh, life is powered by the members of my Patreon. Um, Their generosity keeps me financially afloat. You can become a member if you want by pledging as little as one US dollar a month, because it's a US website, and access you can access uh if you do you can access special content that i make just for my patreon i do personal essays um there's a secret instagram if you're if you pledge five dollars or more um i will share for everyone excerpts from the book i'm writing at the moment about being about being young with chronic illness and you can also access these podcast episodes before the general public um so you know there's just some fun perks also, if you happen to have missed my Twitter presence since I quit last year, I mean, if, you, if you're one of the five people that noticed, um, I have been storing up all these weird thoughts that I used to put on Twitter um, and I've been putting them on my Patreon uh, every now and again because if they don't go somewhere, I'll explode. Oh, and if you haven't had enough of me, I am actually making my TV comedy debut on Australian TV next week on the new season of Get Crackin'. Blink and you'll miss me. Um, It's a very, very brief cameo. (laughs) Not a cameo. I'm not big enough to be a cameo. It's I'm a bit player. It's just the one line. But the episode I'm in is an amazing episode created by Kate McLennan and Kate McCarty, who you might know of from The Catering Show and, of course, the first season of Get Crackin'. This whole episode, episode three that I'm in, is about disability. And the Kates went out of their way to only hire disabled performers, including me, and commissioned a hilarious script from Jess Healy Walton, which... Um, even the sides were making me laugh out loud. Um, I've seen a preview of the episode and I literally cried laughing. Uh, and I also covered my eyes during my one line. It airs at 9 p.m. Wednesday, 20th of February on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, Auntie, and it'll be on iview after that. And also every episode of Get Kraken is just so, so good, you guys. It's so good. I recommend it. Uh, 9 p.m. Wednesday. <laughs> this, is, again, is not sponsored by Get Kraken. Um, thanks for listening. And I hope you find a little spoonful of something to get you through your day.